Hello again, and welcome to another episode of A Thousand and One by One, where we take a film out of the book, A Thousand and One Movies You Must See Before You Die, discuss it, analyze it, and ultimately decide whether or not it should be in the book. My name is Adam St. John. And my name is Ian Woodington. And before we get to talking about Crouching Tiger hidden dragon i don't know why i said it that way i just i wanted to you kind of sounded like the you remember those viral videos that unforgivable when you did the hidden dragon it sounded like unforgivable oh i don't know you remember that? that I terrible don't. terrible videos don't look them I'm up so they're, they're, I, they're I, awful i won't see them uh but before we talk about that movie today uh we're gonna bring you some recommendations uh i'm gonna go first Please do. Okay. Um, so you know Are how you, s- you waiting for my permission? I have no idea. So you, <laughs> you know how sometimes you're just on uh, Netflix or Prime or whatever, and you're just like, what, what? I should. And you spend more time scrolling than you do watching? Yeah. So I was on Prime uh, doing the whole like A24 thing. Just like, hey, what's what's on here that I As you seen? do. And I picked one that I, I watched, and I, I really enjoyed it. I don't know if it'll get any play or whatever, or if it has, but I watched Low Tide. Have you heard of this one? And this is an A24? Yeah. I've, no, I've not even heard of this one. So it's, um, it is from a, uh, a, I guess I'll say up and coming uh, writer director. He hasn't done anything before. He did a short before this. Um, and has he done anything since? Uh, he has not done anything since because this movie came out in 2019. So his name is, his name is Kevin McMullen. Um, He's done one short before this, uh, and the cast it's 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 it, it's mostly about like teens. So there's not anybody really I think we would know by name. What I will say is uh, Shay Wiggum is in it, who I really like. He's from a bunch of things, uh, yeah, yeah, Boardwalk Empire and other, um, yeah. He's an all uh, he he's like a cop in it, and uh, one of the young kids, his name is Jaden Martell. I only know him from it. He plays the young Bill in it, but uh, anyways, so. Um, it's about it's a it's it's a, it's in New Jersey and it's like a it's like a it's like a resort town meaning that like there are the townies and then the people who come in in the summer t- that have their nice exp- expensive summer homes and that's what they do. Anyway, we're follow these these uh, kids and they basically um, break into these rich people's houses and, and steal from them. That's kind of how they spend their summer days. And one of them breaks their ankle and. Uh, so one of the guy's little brother, Bill, from um, from it, kind of gets roped into the whole thing. Anyways, um, one day they they go and they break into the cabin of this old man who basically owned, like, in a, in a way owned the island. Like a very rich guy, but lived a secluded life after he retired. And they break into his house and uh, young Bill finds, a, like, a bag of gold, basically. And they hide it from uh, the other two guys in their little crew. One of them is kind of a psycho like very short temper it's common knowledge that he stabbed somebody um but he wasn't able to be convicted of it now he's actually not a poor kid his dad has some kind of money i don't know how but he's like a like a he's a privileged kid somehow though but hangs out with all these guys anyway it becomes this movie about hiding the gold and 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 who has the gold and uh but it's it's all it's teens it's it's kind of a, in a way it felt similar to Mean Creek in terms of we're watching these we're watching kids deal with very adult things um and there's there, there's like a, a kind of like an unrequited love story where one of the one of the teens is falling in love with this uh this rich girl who's only there for the summer and but then the the uh, the one who's kind of crazy he's got a really, uh, like I said, a short temper and he starts plotting some weird shit. And basically it becomes this thing where like nobody trusts anybody and it's all, everybody's ratting out everybody else. And, um, it, it was really, it kind of gripping. It was very entertaining. Not as, not as intense as green room. 
but similar in a sense where like I was eager to know kind of who was going to turn on the next person and how all the chips were going to lie. Um, and, and I, again, it's like I, whatever a 24 is doing, I just, I just, I, I love, and this was a real, this was like 85 minutes. It was a nice clip. Um, did, they, did, they didn't need anything else. And there was also something not, not, I mean, I, I didn't live on Camino, but there was something Camino Island about it. Like, you know, I, the people live on Camino, but there are a handful of people or like houses where it's like, nobody lives there. It is literally somebody's summer house that lives who the fuck knows where. Um, there's just this vibe of, of, you know, living the life, what it is to be there. And then the visitors coming in and it had a lot to say about class in a way, but it also, you know, like who, who are your friends are, you know, can you, can you really trust anybody when you're that young and watching them make these decisions? It was, I, I thought it was fascinating. I this sounds it was really like it good. would have been good to pair with the uh, last episode, uh, touch of evil. Cause this kind of, it does it have a kind of noir ish angle to it no it's more it's more crime based okay it's because the way you're describing it i'm getting a kind of mean streets brick that sort of not, no, not was, really it wasn't as stylized as that no okay um and i and i want to say it's like I, it's tough because i it, it's a new enough movie but i didn't do the research on it and i just i just watched it yesterday um it, it's got it looks like it's set in the 80s um so it's not really they're not trying to go for any I mean like aesthetically it doesn't there's no vibe to that and it's not shot that way um but it it's just I found it really interesting and 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 gripping and I I really wanted to know what was going to happen next and it's great too cuz besides Shay Wiggum who plays the cop and he's not he's not in it as much as the, as the kids it's just a bunch of people who you probably don't recognize except for the one kid from from it who is pretty good in it I I thought it was great um I I mean yeah it's on prime I mean I there are some things when I look at just like the cover and read a little bit about it for A24, I'm like, maybe not for me. But most of them, I'm like, I, I'm in. And I, and it's quick. It's totally worth your time. It's entertaining and it's an hour and a half. Like I, low tide. Perfect. Check it out. I'm Yeah, I'm pumped. It's I, really see, I really want to see that. Yeah. That sounds like my kind of movie. It, I, 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 I think you'll, I, I, you're not going to probably walk out being blown away, but you will definitely go, yeah, that was good. I'm glad I watched that. Nice. So what, uh, what do you got? So I got something that's a little closer related to Crouching Tiger. It is uh, 2002's Hero. I've at least seen Hero. So you, you, you've seen Hero. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I, I, I'd seen it before, but I like I, I really wanted to revisit it because I, I do remember liking it a lot more than than Crouching Tiger. And again, I'll preface this episode by saying these are these are not my necessarily my type of films. I'm not a big martial arts guy. Sure. But I mean, I can appreciate some of the. Some of the way that they're made. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so Hero uh, is directed by uh, Zhang Jimo, who uh, has done a number of these films. He also did House of Flying Daggers and Curse of the Golden Flower. I, I almost watched House of Flying Daggers for this. I didn't have the time. I I remember liking it, but feeling a little bit over, underwhelmed in sure. the face of, of these other two films. But um, Hero is uh, Jet Li is the, the main character, and he plays a, a prefect uh, named uh, Nameless. And he's been summoned by uh, the king of uh, the province of Quinn. I'm probably pronouncing that wrong, and I apologize to anybody if I mispronounce anything going into this episode. We're really not. Um, And so he's been summoned by this king who is known for being very ruthless, and he does have an endgame in mind. He wants to reunite all of the provinces of China into one kingdom. And um, Nameless has been summoned there because he has executed or he's, he's gone out and, and killed these three assassins who 
is, is it's known that they all have it in for the king. And what's really great about Hero is the way the film is framed. And we talked, we did an episode on Rashomon, and this yeah. film is very heavily influenced by that in the sense that we have unreliable narrators and we have the same story told from different perspectives. And the thing that I love is once he gets into the city, with every story that he tells, he's allowed a little bit closer to the king. Yeah. And that's a great tension building piece of framework i really really love that and again it's got if for anybody who's into these movies and hasn't seen this one i mean it's got all of the stuff that you would come to expect from a, a wuxia film with the beautiful uh sword play and weapon play and the incredible um cinematography cinematography the, is great I'm the pretty wire sure was, work i thought it was nominated i believe it was yeah and it's it's what's great is every every story and every version of the story has its own color palette I thank you for bringing that up I, which is beautiful it's so fucking it's gorgeous stunning yeah yeah great music um tarantino who we mentioned in our uh, oscar reaction episode who is a big proponent of asian cinema he's the one that made sure that this film was he he, he didn't he produce it ex- but he was he was the presenter okay, you know, he yeah, was yeah. the distributor yeah. with with miramax films on this uh on this project there is a director's cut of it that runs about 10 minutes longer which i i do prefer i don't own it i'm trying to track down a decent blu-ray copy of it i guess it's only been released in germany and korea on blu-ray that director's cut version anyway um and there's there's subtle differences um in the in the way the film is translated uh i thought the translation on the director's cut was a little better there's one thing in particular i really prefer and they they make a big point of that at the beginning of this film that uh the whole idea is uniting china into what they call our land uh, that piece of dialogue is a little different in the director's cut, and the uh, the thing that the one character uh, writes in the sand because they talk about calligraphy being very connected to sword play, mm-hmm. and that's a, a theme that runs through it. The the word or the words that he writes in the sand uh, are not our land; it's actually all under heaven, which I know is a little middling, stupid throwaway thing, but I just think that is far more poetic, and it's something that I really appreciate about the director's cut over the cut that was released here in the states but i think that's a big difference i i think i I, you know it's just a couple of words to some people but i think it it does make a a big impact when you stop to consider what that means yeah um but jet lee is just i've always been a big fan of his i mean ever since lethal weapon 4 like this guy is he's the heir i think to and again i'm speaking completely out of out of turn and with only the limited experience that I have with these type of films but I think it's fair to say that he's the successor to Jet uh, to uh, Bruce Lee's throne uh, as far as one of the greatest martial artists that has ever been on film what he does in this it's incredible what everybody does in this film is 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 incredible the only yeah. thing the only edge that I give crouching tiger over hero is um uh, Zhang Zizi is in both of them and her character, unfortunately, in Hero is a little more, she's a little underwritten in, in this as a poster because she's a main character in, in Crouching Tiger. She's a True. sort of ancillary character in Hero. But yeah. even being an ancillary character, I feel like she's a little hard done by as far as the writing goes. Anyway, it is stunning and it is just fucking epic. Yeah. It is ma- for, a, for a 98 minute film, however long it is, it is massive. It, it's huge. Huge yeah. in scope. Yeah. The battle sequences are incredible. Uh, like I said, the Rashomon effect and the the, the different framework 
Uh, there's uh, that great fight that's actually happening over a lake in their well in their mind in their mind yes yeah yeah and we'll we'll get into that as we delve into Crouching Tiger okay all right so here we go we are talking about the 2000 film Crouching Tiger Hidden Dragon uh, directed by Ang Lee um, so it was written uh, over in China and also in Hollywood so it, it was kind of there was a kind of a weird thing about the writing process but it was written, written by uh, Wang. Hai Ling and Sai Q Young, and then over here by a guy named uh, James James Shamus, who was also an, uh, an executive producer. Yeah, he's a he's a frequent collaborator of Ang Lee as both a producer and a writer. Um, and this is based on uh, the a Wang Du Lu book. I believe it's the fourth book of a series of these books. Yeah, there are five of them. Yeah. Um, and so our stars of the film are Chow Yun Fat plays uh, Li Mu Bai, who I, I didn't know this until doing the research. His first martial arts film. Yeah. So known for other things. I mean, obviously a known name at this point, but never done a martial arts movie. No, he's known more for uh, his work with John, John Woo, Woo yeah. and stuff like Hard Boiled and uh, the Killer. Killer. Yeah, have, yeah. have you seen Hard Boiled? I haven't seen either of those. Are you ha- hard... I've seen clips of them. I've seen like the shootouts and stuff. Hard Boiled is insane. Is that the one where he plays a guy named Tequila? I believe so. Okay, great. Yeah. great. <laughs> Sorry, um, I watched those both back to back, so they're a little bit they're a little bit conjoined in my mind, but I remember... I remember one of them being distinctly better than the other, and it's okay. hard-boiled. Okay. Um, so we have uh, Michelle Yao, who plays Shu uh, Lin. We have uh, Zhang Ziyi, plays Jen. Uh, Cheng Chen plays Dark Cloud. Uh, Cheng Pei, Pei, I think. I'm so sorry again. Uh, plays Jade Fox. Uh, si Hang Lung plays Sir T. And Jean Go as Bo. Do you have anybody else you want? That's, that's pretty much it. Perfect. Great. Um, so Angley is in the book three other times. Um, the Wedding Banquet, which I know nothing about. That's his second film. Okay. Uh, the Ice Storm, which, which I have seen. Fucking excellent piece of filmmaking. I think I saw it too young. I don't. I, I don't. I'm not going to say I don't like it, but I was like, oh, okay. I only I I saw it within the last year. The oh, first time I saw I it. Definitely have not seen it. That how, how young were you when you saw Probably it? Probably nineteen. That's too young. Yeah, yeah, I think, I, I think that's, so. that's too that's too young to deal with some of the emotionally mature, <laughs> complex themes of that film. And then um, he's also in for Brokeback Mountain, two thousand and five. Um, okay, so here's the thing: the the newer these movies are, the more awards are out, and the more that there are things to talk about. I, I have a page. I, I have I have a, I have a page. Two of pages. Oh, did, did, you, did you just print them all? I kind of did. I I cherry picked some of the ones I thought. So were... what what I want to do first is talk about the Oscars. And, Let's do it. And the the race that year, especially for director, which was what really year. interesting. My God. So um, here we go. Um, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. Here's what it won. It won Best Foreign Film, which... Which was, they gave to Taiwan, which again is a bit of an area of contention because there are there, four different countries yes. involved in the production of this film. That's fair. And the whole thing was shot in China. Yeah. So I don't know how they divvy. I wonder how much it where the money comes from that kind of thing yeah. but it was it was taiwan china hong kong and um the u.s the u.s yeah um it also won best uh production design which i'm yep yep no argument with that <laughs> uh best cinematography there were some good movies that year um and that, that the cinematography one is a is a sticky one okay okay and then it also won best score uh, uh by from tan dune who really wasn't a guy who did scores for movies so much hands down right now without 
really doing some soul searching and more research, Hans Zimmer for Gladiator. That fucking score is still one of Hans Zimmer's best. It's it's, it's magnificent. And this was a crazy fucking year. This was um, one of the best. I think one of the best ever years. Uh, take out Chocolat, and it's a it's a pretty good fucking year. Um, so here's some other things. It was up for, but it didn't win. It was up for best editing, lost to Traffic. It was up for best costume design, lost to Gladiator. Uh, it was up for best song, which it lost to Wonder Boys, which was a Bob Dylan. It was a, it was yeah. a Dylan song, yeah. Um, it was up for best adapted screenplay, lost to Traffic. Best director, lost to Traffic, Steven Soberg, and then it lost best picture to Gladiator. So this is great. This comes full circle with what just happened at the Academy Awards: is a foreign film being nominated for foreign and for picture. Uh, I have the list of all the movies, the foreign films that have been nominated for Best Picture. Go for it. Um, so chronologically, and there, there are two that are bullshit. I'll tell you those. Those coming later. So um, the first one uh, was uh, Grand Illusion. That's the uh, Jean Renoir film. Uh, 69 is, uh, is it Costa, Costa Graves Z? Uh, and then uh, back to back, we get The Immigrants in 72 and next week's film, Cries and whispers, um, and then we then we go uh, a little over two decades before we get the next one. We get Il Postino in '95. Have you seen that? I have. Is it any good? Again, probably way too young. Yeah, that I saw. Okay. Um, my 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 short answer is no. Um, in '98, we get Life Is Beautiful, and then we have this crouching in 2000, Crouch I Hear Dragon. The next two, I don't I don't think are right. They list them as foreign films. So we have in the same year, Babel and Letters from Iwo Jima. I, I don't think they're foreign films in the way that these other ones are. You know what I mean? Um, but they list them anyway. And then the last three, which are, are I, I would say are foreign films, are we have Amour in 2012, Roma in 2018, and then Parasite just now, which kicks ass. Um, and Crouching Tiger, of course, what, as far as nominations goes, it tied Roma for the most or Rome, we should say the other way around, Roma tied it for the most nominations for a foreign film, and it is tied with Fanny and Alexander, a Bergman film, and Parasite for the most wins for a foreign film. They have four each. Indeed. Um, and so, again, other... So let's... let's Okay, so there's other things that were out there that it won or was nominated for or whatever. Um, I'm not going to talk about all the BAFTAs, but I do think it's interesting um, that both Michelle Yao and Zhang Ziyi were nominated for, for performances, which is great because they... Most of the award season had been uh, ignored in in that way. Oh yeah, the a- acting categories out you know outside of China, yeah, completely ignored. Um, but it is again, and what happened? What happened this year? Ang Lee won the DGA for best director, as Sam Mendes did, and ultimately lost the Oscar. So it's not like it's always the way it goes. That does happen. I didn't realize um, until doing the research this won three Spirit Awards because of. Um, the it fact is, that it was a it is an independent, independent film, yeah. independent movie. One picture director and supporting actress for Zhang Ziyi, and um, that's pretty much the big ones I wanted to mention. Unless there's any others that you would like to. Put well, when I talk about, I I think I think Hans Zimmer is one. Like I said, that score for Gladiator is one of the the best he's ever done. Still is. Uh, he did win it at the Globes, mm-hmm. so some some justice there <laughs> um it also lost the the producers guild to gladiator and lost the uh, writers guild to traffic it seemed those were the i mean in a great year those were the two that were duking it out it was gladiator and traffic it seemed like though it was going to come down to those and of course it did at the oscar they split the vote uh, ridley very famously said i don't know what they think i did on that film <laughs> i love i love how both the humble and not humble ridley is at the same time one of the things i absolutely love about him yeah um, I have uh, one that literally made me fall out of my chair laughing. Okay. 
Uh, Crouching Tiger has a couple of Grammys. Okay. Or excuse me, it has a Grammy. It was nominated for another one. So it has the Grammy for the uh, soundtrack score. Okay. It lost uh, best song, best original song for a TV show or movie. Do you want to take a wild stab in the dark at what it lost to? You'll, you're never going to get this. Okay. I would have guessed, if popularity matters, maybe Wild Wild West. Different year. Oh, oh, it was. That was 99. Yeah, it was 99. It was for a TV show. It's the song Boss of Me for the TV show Malcolm in the Middle is what it lost best song to. You're not the boss of me now. Yeah. You're, you're not, not the, the boss, boss of me now. now. And you're not, not that whatever the oh, fuck God, he says. What was it? You're not that bit? Not no. that big, maybe? Fuck, I, dude. Wow. Yeah, that one just, Holy I, fu- that shit. literally stopped me in my tracks. So, Woo! You fucking what now? But yeah, it was also a National Board to Review. They gave it Best Foreign Film. Um, and then it did incredible. Uh, it, it did absolutely incredible at the Hong Kong Film Awards. Director, oh, picture, God, supporting yeah. actress, cinematography, action choreography, sound design, song, score. And it was nominated for a whole host of other things. And then if we just want to say really quickly, um, a bunch of lists of things. Um, uh, the film is ranked at number 497 on Empire's 2008 list of the 500 greatest movies of all time. And 66 in that same in the best uh, uh, world cinema uh, films, which was 2010. Um, oh God, what else? Uh, it was the 35th best film of the 21st century, is picked by 177 film critics from around the world in 2016. Um, it's it's a well loved, well regarded movie. Oh yeah. yeah, and it really helped introduce this genre to Western audiences. So we've got to give it a tip of the hat for that. Absolutely. Um, I got I got Ebert's review. I'm not sure where you went. If you uh, I have, I I don't have Ebert's, but I know it was he. Add, did he add this to his great list? His great movie list? Oh, I don't know. This was more recent enough. I don't. I, I don't, don't think he did. But I, I have I have Peter Bradshaw from the Guardian, and then I also found Real Views. I don't know if you've heard of them or not. There's a couple of good lines that this fellow James uh, Baron Berard Inelli. Sorry if I'm mispronouncing that name there, but he, he had a couple of, of good things to say about it as well. I don't know what that. Yeah, whether it's a an online thing or whether it is an actual publication, but please continue with Roger Ebert. Oh, I was just gonna say, he, I mean, he gave it four stars. He he definitely appreciated the movie. I just like it's it's more of an anecdote that he starts with. He says Ang Lee's Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon is the most exhilarating martial arts movie I have seen. It stirred even the hardened audience at the eight thirty a.m. press screening at Cannes last May. It, uh, That's pretty goddamn so, early in the morning for so, this thing. So listen, he goes, there is a sequence near the beginning of the film involving a chase over rooftops, and as the characters run up the sides of walls and leap and possibly from one house to another, the critics applauded, something they rarely do during a film, which I, I just think is really interesting. That, that's I, great. I would not think of that happening somewhere like Cannes. Yeah, I, I agree. I totally agree. So I just, Supposedly, I, that's like the toughest audience in the world. Yeah, I... I remember doing the research for funny other, games. Other than, like, other than the Times Square audience who apparently can't shut the fuck up during a movie. What? I don't know. That's just what I've heard. Times Square audiences are just the fucking worst. Like, like New York Times Square? Yeah, New York Times Square. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. I have no idea what we're talking about. Oh, as far as tough audiences go. Anyway, what about your reviews? What do you got? <laughs> So Peter Bradshaw in the, in the early 2001 wrote in The Guardian, Until seeing this film, I had long thought that some kind of moratorium ought to be declared on the indiscriminate use of the word balletic to describe fight scenes, a naive cliche generally used by those who have never seen a real fight or indeed a ballet in their lives. 
But no other word will do for the sublime perfection of these action sequences which Ang Lee's touch and that of choreographer Yuan Wu Ping of Matrix fame and cinematographer Peter Powell have realized with such extraordinary flair. There is real poetry and artistry in the way the visual images are assembled, which lifts this film miles above the crudeness of Burke films like Romeo Must Die. Which is totally true. Um, I, did you ever see Romeo Must Die? No, I haven't. Oh, Jet, it was a Leah's last film, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's not good. Yeah. It's that's, not that's a, what I've heard. It's not a good movie. Uh, and then uh, I, I just love the way that this other fellow from Real View starts his subtlety is not part of Lee's palette. He's going for something grand and melodramatic, and that's what he gets. His protagonists are bigger than life, and their quest is the kind of epic endeavor that pits good against evil with an innocent caught in between. Yet, despite the film's grandiose feel, there are enough intimate moments for us to get to know the characters. Absolutely. That, yeah, that's right on. Um, just, and then we'll just quickly throw out, um, this movie is not on the IMDb 250. Um, Slightly surprising. Yeah, I mean, it's, 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 it's. But again, it's, not it's, when I consider modern audiences. Just, yeah, it's just, yeah, it's crazy, that list. It's just a fucking shit show. Uh, it has a 97 critical, so so close to, to a perfect 100, and an 86 audience, which I think makes sense. That, yeah. Yeah, that's, that, that's uh, on brand, as the kids say these days. <laughs> anyway, I also, I haven't, I didn't see the sequel, that direct to Netflix, the Sword of Destiny. Did you, did you see it? No, I haven't I have the, that. I have the, just as a complete contrast, I have It's Rotten Tomatoes as well. So the sequel, I believe 2016, around there. Yeah, that sounds right. Uh, Sword of Destiny, which is based on the fifth book in the series. Okay. Um, and was supposed to feature uh, Zhang Zizi reprising her role, but she refused, saying that she wouldn't be in it unless Ang Lee directed it. Anyway, that has a 20% on Rotten Tomatoes with a 39% audience. So this would be good fodder for our uh, sister podcast, <laughs> Below Freezing. <laughs> Uh, if you want to do a sort of compare and contrast, I'll, I'll I'll have to sync it up where this is coming out. We'll we'll do the other one before, and we'll oh perfect <laughs> be the same week or something. That'd be great. Um, so yeah, let's talk about talk about the movie. Let's do it. Um, so essentially, um, so uh, Lee Mubai is a uh, oh god, I'm gonna I'm he's a Wu Dun style master. Yeah, he, yeah, but he hasn't necessarily completed his training. Um, he's he's more. Um, set upon avenging his master's death, but he is—he's getting his his sword. Um, he's sort of giving that away, and you could tell that there is a history between um, Shulin and Li Mubai, which comes out later, but we don't get it quite yet. Um, and uh, uh, Shulin has been tasked with uh, taking the sword to um, Sir T's house to kind of keep in his possession and and it, more more ornamental than anything else. And uh, when she gets there, we meet Jen, um, who is the daughter of a kind of just a prominent person. I don't really know. Uh, is he the police chief? Yeah, he's becoming sort of like a, a head of state. Yeah, and um, and they come from the I believe they come from the the west of China, which they talk about being very different than the east side of China. Yeah, and uh, so in in the process, when she gets there. Um, it, it, the sword is stolen, and that's when we get our first real big epic kind of fight. We see the style of the movie and, and the wire work and all that. Um, and then really the movie, at first it becomes a getting the sword back thing. And then we realize um, that it's Jen who uh, has taken the sword and that she, uh, her, what would uh, what would you call it? her page, her, her, her lady-in-waiting is this Jade Fox who has kind of been training her yeah and murdered uh lumumbai's master yep 
Um, and I, I, it's like I want to get into the specifics, but I'm just trying to just trying to be like the basic as it can. So Jen is she's railing against the life that is being set about on her. She's she's going to get married and it's going to bring these families together, but she wants what uh, Michelle Yeoh's character has. She wants that life of freedom and to be the warrior who creates her own destiny, and that has partly been inspired by the relationship that she had with Lowe, otherwise known as Dark Cloud, a yeah. bandit out in the desert, and we get uh, a completely different... This movie really is four or five different movies. Yeah, We have a, this fantastic sequence where she has run away with him in the desert, and of course she's got to go back to her normal life because otherwise they'll always be hunted, mm-hmm. and he ends up coming back into the picture as well, and she sets about on a warrior's journey being hunted by... Uh, Chow Yun-Fat and Michelle Yeoh's character. Yep. Leading to a, ultimately a, a, a culmination where, you know, Jade Fox is revealed and uh, there's quite an emotional sort of ending for everyone involved. Yeah, indeed. Indeed. It was such a basic bitch version of that plot. No, it's fine. Well, because I, I feel like there are moments we're going to want to talk about more exactly. than others. Yeah. So that, I think that's just fine. Um, so I, I, I guess I, without... I want to kind of just say right away how impressive it is that these are all the actors doing all this work. Um, oh yeah, I, you can't take that away from them. And and it's despite the fact that people, I guess, this will be lost on us Westerners. I think, and I think there's there's other things that I'll bring up as we go over the course of the film. Things that are culturally maybe lost on us, but mm-hmm. uh, despite the fact that they did all this stunt work themselves, you can really see it's them. And the only thing they used uh, digitally was just to remove the wires. But exactly, yeah. a lot of a lot of people, I'm sure, in China and Taiwan, they would rag on the accents, I guess, in the film. Because all four of our leads come from different regions or different yeah. countries, and they're speaking Mandarin. And I, I don't think, if I remember right, Mandarin was a first language for any of them. Oh, yeah. So it's right here. Um, Except so, for, I think, Xi Zhang. I think it was a first language for her. So Chow Yun-Fat was from Hong Kong and spoke Cantonese natively. Michelle Yao's from Malaysia and grew up speaking English and Malay. She learned the line. She learned the Mandarin lines phonetically. Only Zhang Ziyi uh, spoke with a native Mandarin accent that Ang Lee wanted. Um, so that that's yeah. So we had a lot of different right. And he talks about how on his first day, his first scene took him like twenty eight takes just because yeah. he was having a hard time nailing down the accent. And I guess according to the trivia as well, I don't know. Again, this is from IMDb, so take it with a grain of salt. Exactly. If you if you do live out there. In that region, the film was dubbed so that everybody did have flawless Mandarin accents, just so people could get oh. over that hurdle. Man, I guess that, I, yeah, I guess that's that's something I, I wouldn't have to think of because obviously we, we listen, and I don't. Yeah, all over my head. Yeah, obviously, we're not going to get those subtleties in the yeah. same way that I wouldn't expect somebody from China to get all the subtleties of regional American or British accents. Totally. Yeah, the, I do. While we're talking about um, the the number of takes that um, Chow Yun Fat said he had to do, there was a great bit that he on, on the, one of the making of documentaries where he's talking about. There's this scene where he's um, he's sort of sword fighting uh, Zhang Zi with a stick, and he's kind of just he's he's saying all these lines as he's as he's sort of you know trying to teach her a lesson. Which is a trope I hate, by the way. But we'll get into that. Well, but what's what I what I liked about it was that he he was he's talking about how when you're when you're you know if you're doing a fight scene you're focusing on the fighting, but while he's doing this, he's still doing choreographed moves and having to say these lines. And he was saying how um, he was hoping. I think says it like, "Can I just say one, two, three, four, five, and then you go in later and dub the words as I'm as I'm doing this?" And but what I really appreciated about that is how it is a very dramatic thing to keep to put text over a sword fight or or a fist fight or whatever it is 
and just a, 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 a another, I'm just another testament to the actors and to all actors in the world because that kind of shit is really hard. I I have had to do sword fights and things where I'm I'm talking through it. It's like this doesn't make any sense, but I get the dramatic nature of of having to do it. And again, I don't want to take away from how oh, difficult no, no. it is. I just think it's ridiculous. Oh, it's just, in in theory have that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but I I just wanted to, while we were talking about the number of takes, I just wanted to. Throw some more love that way, for because that's shit's that's hard. You and I get in a fist fight. We're not going to be talking shit to each other. We're we're in a fight. Yeah, right. Yeah, which we're doing after the pod. Yes. Okay. Great. Yeah. yeah. Great. I, I had it on my schedule. I just we'll put it up sure. on YouTube. It'll be fun. <laughs> People will love that. Um. So, God, what do you want to? Where do, where do you jump? What do you, where do what do you want to say? Well, the first thing is so I I've seen this film. This would probably be my fourth time seeing this film, but there is a massive gap. I have not seen this film. I'd have to estimate since about 2003 when I saw it like three times in a row, all very close together. Um, trying to figure out whether I did or didn't like it or what I was missing because of how, you know, universally loved it was. And then I put it down, didn't touch it again for pretty much 17 years. Yeah. So it was interesting to me just how familiar it felt after all that time, even though I was thinking, wow, this is going to feel like a first watch. And it really didn't. I think because of how loved it is, it's so much a part of the uh, cultural zeitgeist when it comes to film. Yeah. Um, I had a lot of the same problems that I had with it 17 years ago, so we can get into those as they come up. But sure. one thing that really struck me right at the beginning is everybody remakes everybody. So, for example, uh, Fistful of Dollars, the, the Sergio Leone, the first of his Dollars trilogy, which, as we discussed, shouldn't even really be called a trilogy. That was a marketing thing. <laughs> yeah. It's neither here nor there. <laughs> yeah. is a remake of Yojimbo. Yeah. And of course, that's a Kurosawa film. Well, Kurosawa loved John Ford films, and a lot of his films can be construed as, as remakes of stuff that John Ford did back in the day. And then in turn, we have people like George Lucas. Star Wars is essentially a sci-fi version of A Hidden Fortress. Again, a Kurosawa film. It's just, we've got this very circular nature of cultures with massive divides mm-hmm. finding appreciation in each other's arts and remaking it and... Uh, and uh, sort of trying to interpret it into their own culture. And that's, that's why we remake films, foreign films, especially yeah. the whole, the half of the Bollywood industry is driven on remaking American films. Um, so that was something that really stood out to me a lot in this, especially with Lee Mumbai's entrance. It's like the lone gunman kind of riding into town. And then we also have later in the film, once um, Jen's character has, has gone off and disappeared with the sword, she arrives at the tea room and it's kind of like the saloon, you know, the lone gunman in the saloon being approached by the locals. Yeah. And, and it's, it's, that's something that I was like, wow, I, I didn't, as a younger man, not having seen as many films I have now, that was something that was lost on me and something I can really appreciate and another feather in this film's cap. Absolutely. Sure. Yeah. yeah. It's also in the way that they, I mean, wildly different, but like, you know, like a Jackie Chan movie is very much different from from this. Jackie Chan does, while there's a lot of skill and precision, uh, he he likes to bring comedy in. I mean, he's very much inspired by by Charlie Chaplin. Um, but what's what's what I what I liked about this is there were some very funny kind of uh, farcical moments in, in the fighting, but none of them to me felt really like. It didn't detract me from from the fight, and it was all the one. It was all Bo. It was all the the guard, um, which I thought was just kind of great. That was just a character flaw in him. He's not. He he has so much determination and just not quite the skill. And I I like that that well, was he's, a yeah. He's for not him. the he's not the smartest character in this yeah. film, especially when there's the there's the cop and his daughter. 
his, his wife has been murdered by Jay Fox and they've been tracking her and they find her uh, through this Beau character who is a, a guard at Surtees' uh, residence. There's that moment where they don't want him to get involved and, and to thwart their revenge and so they tether him yes. and he's pulling on it. And I'm like, you have a spear in your... Dude, cut the fucking rope. Like, that is huge block capitals in my notes. Cut the rope, dumbass. <laughs> That honestly, that sequence is my least favorite sequence in the film. That that fight bit. Yeah, it's all very wordy and very. It's just it feels. There are two, there are two things in the the, the. the. It's very cheesy. Well, it's. I'm just I'm confused as to why we need the bit like Jade can't Jade Fox just be the person who killed Limu Bai's master like wh- why we need this bit where she he, she killed the wife of this police officer and, and yeah no you can lose 10 minutes from the movie easy with that subplot. And here's the thing the movie's two hours so it's not yeah it's, it's not, not overly long but i think you could you could shave some of that if you, if you cut that storyline you, you don't really miss anything and i think not cut that's but you could easily shorten the desert stuff i think there's a lot of there's a, there's, a, there's some fat on there you could trim but which is but a shame because it, it is actually some of my in contrast the desert stuff no, is my favorite no, stuff. I think I I think the story. But line, I agree. It, it's just a bit long. I yeah. think I think I think that, um he lets the camera run a little bit longer than he needs to. But um but you're right. The whole thing with that that father and daughter is I it would just it, it and again it's not that it's a bad movie because no, of that oh, no, it not, would just make for a leaner sort of experience. It would make for very a more true. yeah. It, Although I did write down I I I. I because maybe because it's not very it's not plot pivotal you know it's 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 it's, its own thing when he gets hit in the head with that that weapon i we melissa and i both gasped i, I was oh, like really? oh god i was like fuck i forgot oh yeah where well, it's sticking out of Jesus, his head it's and, like yeah. vicious it's definitely more graphic than i remember it being yeah because there's not a really there's not a lot of blood like when no. when when zhang ziyi owns that bar and like kicks all those guys ass it's just she just like she she doesn't stab anybody she's just owning the bar yeah like, and it's one of my one of my arguments something that i i have down here is I, as i'm watching this film this go around i'm like this this wants to be an r-rated film i don't know i, th- I, I think I... I think that sequence is 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 part of that and i also think that um the stuff in the desert i think ang lee wanted to be more graphic with it you can definitely feel that there, there is an R-rated cut of this film. I, probably, I, I see what you're saying. I see what you're saying. Not, not in existence, but that could right. have been. The, like there are love scenes, and then some of the violence as well. I feel well, like I mean, this, this is an R-rated film trapped in he, a PG-13 film. Uh, Low puts his hand right down. Oh yeah, fucking Jen's pants. I oh mean, yeah, we know what's going on there. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's funny. I don't know if I, if I. It's funny when you mentioned the fight stuff. I thought. I could see I could see how you could make a bloodier version of this, and it makes and it, it doesn't doesn't need to be. I'm not advocating. Oh no, that. no, sure, but but I mean, it would maybe show a more ruthless side to Jen, like like a unredeeming side. Whereas, right, because we need we need her to go to the brink and then be redeemed. Yeah, exactly, and she doesn't quite go far enough. Yeah, and is, is unlike unlike Jade Fox, who has right killed at least two people that we know of. Yeah, um, Jen hasn't quite passed that yet. She's learned. She's becoming a, a a master of the of the craft. And I but, think and I think the point of Lu Mumbai's character is to stop her before she gets to that point. But I also think that like in Inception with with DiCaprio talking about I think we want we we lean towards catharsis. I think I think it would make for stronger catharsis and a stronger film if she had gone too far, yet there are people that still believe that they're good in her. A la Luke Skywalker, Darth Vader, <laughs> yeah, like yeah, whatever. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. 
again, everybody remaking everybody. That's fair. Um, I, I, I was going to say, I really do like um, him being kind of relentless in his wanting to teach her. I thought that was that was great. Um, and, and of course, that that's what that does, which is really good, is to alienate the Michelle Yeoh character. Because obviously, and this is where I love that line in that other review that I brought up, is that subtlety is not Ang Lee's strong point. I mean, there's nothing really subtle about this film, as much as they might like to think there might be. This film is pretty nail on the head. It's pretty basic fucking writing, plot-wise and character development. And I, I, that's, that's why I say that I think that there's... There's not enough. It's it's like I said. It's a it's an R-rated film that could have gone further, and I think should have gone further, so that we have more catharsis at the end. Sure, there are there. Are, I think there are some some little subtle moments that are great. There is. I I really really like um, when I I don't believe that Shulin. Uh, I don't believe that she's on to Jen yet as the person who's taken the sword. But she goes to visit her, and she's doing... Not until the moment with the, the tea. No, 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 no. I'm talking before this. Oh, before okay. that. Yeah. There's a moment with the where she's doing calligraphy, and there's some great, like, the way she's doing it. And you can see Michelle Yeoh, like, spotting how she's doing it and looking up at her. And just, she even mentions how she does it like a, um, like she's fencing or something. She, men- she mentions the way in which she's doing the calligraphy. And it's a great little moment where you're like, okay. She can't prove anything. She's but she's like, there's something, there's something. The tea thing is on the nose. Yes, I, I like the moment, but it is very much like, guy gotcha. Yeah, but and the, that's why I, we didn't do an unsung hero in our last episode. But I'm gonna do it right now before I forget. Michelle Yeoh, unsung hero of this film. She's great. She's amazing. She's fantastic. And, and I, it, people could say the cinematography. They could say the production design. They could say whatever. They, I, I think a lot about this film has been sung enough, but nobody, when you think about the characters in this film, you think of Chow Yun-Fat and you think of Zhang Zhiji. You don't think necessarily that your mind is, the first person you, you go to isn't necessarily Michelle Yeoh. I would say, I, I think that's probably true. Yeah. I think that's, that's accurate. And their fight later in the film. Oh, fuck me, dude. That is the best part Where, of the movie. Yeah, it's amazing. It, it's, oh my God, I, I, it's it's incredible and it's 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 great because for so many reasons. I mean, it's shot really well. The music in that moment is there's less wire awesome. there's less wire work in it, it which absolutely. I appreciate. Yes, there is a lot of less. There's a lot a lot of less. There is very much that still doesn't make any sense. There is less wire work in that moment, but it's the 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 guy in me who loves watching a great choreographed fight in a movie. She gets to use all the weapons. Oh, and then when she finally gets to that iron bar and she's like smashing the floor with but, it. But and... even like the moment, like, and even in this moment, we get the thing where she gets the big, big heavy thing and she can't quite lift it. Oh, like, that's so good. That's great. Like, it's not like, ha ha ha. It's, but, it, but it breaks the tension for a second. You get a, yeah. a release because that scene is relentless. Yeah. They are fucking going at it for a couple of minutes. Yeah. And we get a brief moment of like, huh, and then we're right back in. Yeah. It was great. Yeah. That is that's the best. And part it's not it. like an overly. It's not comedy for comedy's sake. It's like think about the tension in the scene, and your mind isn't necessarily on. Oh, it's sh- I, I'm going to grab that one. I just need the closest thing at hand to exactly. defend myself. Yeah, and I'm not prepared for how heavy this is. That moment, and what I was, and as I was watching the movie, the the overall thought that I had was, this movie. I, I, hopefully you agree with me, but like I feel like this movie is known for the wire work. It, it's yeah. We we know it for for watching them run on the treetops and run across the water and and how majestic and cool that looks. And I'm not saying it's not, but this movie needs to be remembered for the actual fight choreography because it is 
it is so much better than people give it credit for, and it is so much more impressive than the wire work. It's great that they did it, and I think it's cool, and it's a great concept. And I actually wrote down, I, I said, I like that we just accept that this is, that this is a world where these people can do these things that they do. See, that's that's where I have a little bit ah. more trouble. See, for me, it's no, no, no. I, I agree with everything you said up to that point. I think um, the only you have to you have to in your mind accept that this is a fantasy. That these these are fantastical characters. They're not real people. They can, to a degree, do magic, especially at the end when we get to the stuff with with Jade Fox's demise and all of that shit. Sure. Well, and I, yes, I, I hear you on that. But if, if but you that, don't approach this film as a fantasy, I think you're going to have a harder time enjoying it. Sure, but 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 what I mean by that is that there are, there are most of the people in the in the world of of the movie are just normal people, and that there are these few who can do these things that they do. But what I mean is, but we we buy it as a world, like like in this world, there are those people who can do that. It still pulls me out. Ah, whatever. It does. It really. I I really have a hard time with it because I I appreciate. This is where I'm going to circle back to hero. I appreciate more of the visceral intensity. I feel like there's a lot more emphasis that's put on the actual swordplay and the fighting over the wire work. Yes, there is wire work in hero sure but it has the luxury of having a framework of these are stories that are being recounted these some of these fights are in characters minds they're not we're not necessarily uh, accepted we're not necessarily supposed to accept that these are real things that happened because they are coming from somebody's perspective whereas crouching tiger doesn't have that framework yes so we're supposed to we're accepting that this is happening and again that's why i reiterate that if you don't approach this thing as a fantasy that maybe jarring well and I, I agree with you on that and and i i will also say that i, I do think that i i appreciate i yeah i just have that. I, I do appreciate the fight choreography more than i appreciate the wire work stuff um, right and it's it's neat that they can do that but i'm more interested in the and once again that's not to take away anything from how difficult it is because i oh, cannot yeah. fathom how fucking hard it is yeah i mean it's it's a it, you know what we're seeing on screen is a dance of the two people doing the fight like I'm thinking of the first time it's it's Jen in disguise and Zhang Ziyi doing all that where she's trying trying to fly away and she keeps stopping her that w- we see a dance happening on screen and, and that's what a fucking dance happening off screen and that's what Zhang Ziyi talked about is that she didn't approach it as fight choreography she approached it as a dance well, and, and 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 in my limited uh uh experience of doing fight choreography it you have to think of like as, as one two three four you have you have to it, if you think about if you just think about what the moves are, you're gonna think you're gonna think about it too. I think too literally. Whereas if you think you know it's one, two, three, four, you know, and a five, six, and a, if you could think about it in terms of like a count and like and as a dance, you'll find it gets in your bones easier that right. way. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that's the the smart approach, especially with something as as long, detailed, and choreographed as that was. Yeah. Yeah. They they go on. That's another part of my problem with it. With the fights. Yeah, they're long. Yeah, I mean, I mean the one. I mean, obviously, the one between uh, Michelle Michelle Yao and Zhang Ziyi, I don't mind at all. I think that's no, I don't because it's as I said, it's the more gra- literally grounded of all the fights. Very true. So I, I mentioned earlier when we were talking about the plot, there's like three or three or four films in this one film, and it, and it shifts genres and it sw- and it sh- uh, shifts kind of tone as well. Mm-hmm. I have a I have a note here. Because I do really enjoy the Gobi Desert stuff. Yeah. Like you said, I agree. Yeah, maybe we could shorten it. We can trim this stuff. I love little... But I, there are so many little character beats in it I do really love. 
um, like him trying to comfort her and make her feel at ease by saying, I know you want a bath. I've run you, I've, I've done the bath for you and I'm going to sing so that you can hear where I am so that I, you know that I'm not looking in on you and spying on you. That I fucking love that. Yeah. I think that's great. Yeah. I also love the stuff where she gets so self-righteous about stealing this comb back. That's what the whole chase is for. I love the chase on the horses. I think that's one of the best things in the movie as well, just over this comb. And, you know, when he's sparring with her, saying that, oh, you know, she's like, what are you going to use it for anyway? You don't need this. He's like, I'm going to use it to pick fleas from my horse and just to fuck with her a little more. Oh, yeah. But um, a Chinese Braveheart slash Dances with Wolves, is that kind of buying the right ballpark? <laughs> With that sequence? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I don't know. I just It was a fun comparison that I just... I, I almost feel like you could say, if you want to throw in another best picture winning epic in there, to throw in the um, the unrequited stuff with Lee Mubai and Shulin, you could say it's Dances with Wolves meets Braveheart meets The English Patient. Oh, yeah. There you go. I mean, just epic 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 sweeping landscapes romance that can't quite be yeah 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 oh and yeah it's, and again that's coming back to it's really not that subtle no no i don't, I, no. I look at i look at the writing in this film as the same as the writing in avatar oh i think that's i think it's, that's a it's, bit harsh it's spectacular in so many visual ways but the writing is like, ah, I don't give a shit. I've seen, I've seen this movie. See, I thought the, I, and I don't, I didn't have the whole quote because I would have taken too long. But I, I really did like the stuff where, um, uh, Lee Mubai is talking to Shulin as basically he's, he's about to die, and it's the I will drift next to you as a ghost for like for all eternity. Like it's it's a long bit of of text, but I really like that. Oh, the things we touch have no per. No, not that one. Sorry, it's it's later. It's. Yeah, that I just I thought there was a, a couple of great moments and lines between those two, especially towards the end. And oh, the I've I've wasted my whole life and wanted to tell you with my last breath I always loved you. Yeah, yeah. that one. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it's good. I like I did like that. It's okay. Um, and, just and this, I and I think and I wonder how much of that is lost in translation. You know what I mean? Sure. Because we have to. It, it, Chinese or Mandarin. Um, Japanese as well as some of those Asian languages are far more complex than English. So we're, we're yeah, we are going to lose some things. Yeah. And, and unfortunately, that's a shame. Yeah. Um, but I just, I can't get over how fucking basic this movie is isn't in the writing. It just, it really bums me out. I feel like the writing lets down the wow. rest of a visually sort of gorgeous film. I mean, I don't think the writing is spectacular, but I do think that there are moments where I, I really appreciate it. I, I think a lot of the, the dialogue between, it's so funny, I think the, a lot of the dialogue between Jen and Lo is is not good. Yeah. I, I, I the, the, she's li- literally just saying like give me back my comb and no and, and there are funny things like the pick my fleas and stuff but like I just it, the, 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 I mean, the writing is not great I do think there are moments where it's I, I like I really liked the scene between Li Mubai and uh, and Shu Lin where they're kind of having tea they, they're I think they're about to go looking for for Jen and um but oh, it, and the, I think this is the that line that I was starting to quote. He said, "The things we touch have no permanence." My master would say, "There's nothing we can hold on to in the world, and only by letting go we can truly possess what is real." That's because that's when he touches her hand. Yeah, as they're having tea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I say I thought that was great. No, I I don't know. So I don't. It's. I'm not going to sit here and say that this is like I don't like I don't. Well, I realize that a screenplay is more than the dialogue, but I don't think this should have been nominated for Best Adapted Screenplay. I don't think so either. But then again, that comes from I think neither of us having read the book, and we can't because those sure. books haven't actually been translated into English. Cool. 
well, fuck you, China. Yeah. And it also, it's not the first adaptation either. This film was adapted in 1959, and that film is thought to be lost. Oh, I didn't know that. So I'd, cool. be, I'd, I'd be curious to see if somebody can dig that up. Maybe quite literally. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe they might have to. Um, so what is your favorite moment in the movie? Favorite shot? Favorite scene? Mine's the fight. It's the fight between the, the two ladies. Yeah. That 100% best it's moment in the movie. fucking fantastic. It's, it's amazing. And again, like I said, that reinforces my Michelle Yeoh as, as unsung hero. Yeah. I gave it to Wu Ping, the yeah. fight choreographer. I just... I, I it's just it's a definitely a behind the scenes thing and and he did a lot of he still I think still does some fight choreography it's just phenomenal it's phenomenal I I it's so so fucking awesome to watch yeah oh I mean I think all of them are I, I just, the wire work man it's too goddamn much wire work there there is a lot of wire work in it I I don't yeah. know, I don't know what to say again that's the world that they. That they've established. That's the world that it is. And how do you feel about the framework of the the story? the The end really bugs me. So he and there's a story earlier on where he talks about this young man who went up a mountain. This is Lo speaking to to Jen, yeah, and reinforcing the reason why she needs to leave. Um, there's a young man who climbed a mountain and jumped off of it, and um, we have a legend. Anyone who dares to jump from the mountain, God will grant his wish. Long ago, a young man's parents were ill, so he jumped. He didn't die. He wasn't even hurt. He floated away, far away, never to return. Come on, this is not good dialogue, man. He knew his wish had come true. If you believe it will happen, it will happen. The elders say a faithful heart makes wishes come true. And I just, the end just, the coming back to that, of course, this, this is why I call it such basic writing, because you know that that is foreshadowing, that it's going to come back in some way. And the fact that she just flings herself off the mountain, I've got to do something now that is really... Really not PC, but committing suicide does not grant any wishes, unless your wish is it's to dying. commit suicide. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, Sorry, it's a really, really poor joke, and I apologize. But I, 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 I don't. I, I mean, that's that's true. I, I mean, yeah, you're right. It's it's fantastical, and and I that is a that's a pretty shitty piece of of, of, of beautiful beautiful establishing shot of that little village that's up there. They got uh, the where they got to shoot this movie. It's stunning. Just fantastic. It's like a little village in the clouds. I yeah. fucking I love that. And then they go and ruin it with that fucking stupid bullshit. Well, and so, uh, but to go back to your just sort of the, your your screenwriting device, yeah, that story is mentioned only to come back in later. Um, it's one, it's it's a trope. Thank that you, I, Freddie foreshadowing. I hate only as much as, and I'm only bringing this up because I, for our other show, we're going to release an episode on Swordfish soon, and um, the, the opening of that movie starts and you get that whole scene and then it's inexplicably four days earlier and we've only started with that opening thing because there's a big explosion but there's no reason we start that way like i i hate the movie that starts and then says like two months earlier three weeks earlier for no reason yeah. no reason yeah um so yeah there's some just bad screenwriting tropes right there for you yeah so is it question time it might be it might be i do not think this film should be in the book oh you wow you wow I do. And I would replace it with Hero. Yeah. It's just a fucking better movie. What? what can't, can't they both be in? No. Can't they both no, just be in? No, they definitely cannot. Because <laughs> we have to make room for things like Aguirre. Ah, fuck that. <laughs> fuck that. <laughs> and a quiet, or the and quiet man. elephant. And whatever fucking, fucking oh, else God, we did. Fucking piece of shit. Yeah. Uh, no, I, I really do like this movie. I, I think it it's... The production around it, the way it was made, it's gorgeous. It's gorgeous to look at. I I don't I like the writing more than you do. 
Now, um, trust me, that's not to say that I don't appreciate a lot of things about it, and I do have to recognize that without this film, Hero may not have gotten a release in the States. So I will humble myself to, to that opinion. Sure, sure. Well, it's a definite yes for me. And it's a definite no for me. But... We always want to know what you think, um, and we haven't done, you know, this is a more recent movie, so I think it should be easier to find, so please watch it, and let us know, what do you think? Do you like it? Should it be in the book? Should it not be in the book? Um, do you like Hero? Should that be in the book? True. Let us know what you think. We've both seen it, so we have it. We both have an opinion on that movie, so hit us up on Facebook and on Twitter. Let us know what you think. You can listen to us on Spotify, Google, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher. Uh, we launched through Podomatic, all those great things. Just find us. Listen. It'll be fantastic, um, and stay tuned next week for our second Bergman film, which should be quite a rousing discussion. And until then, I am Adam. And I am Ian. And we will see you next week. <laughs>